Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I thank God for this opportunity. And I also thank the many volunteers who make this possible. I was a faithful Latter-day Saint for over 60 years. I love the LDS people. But we know that there are faithful Latter-day Saints who are questioning and even leaving the church. Sometimes it's over church doctrine or sometimes it's church history. But there are those that can't keep the commandments and they feel guilty and not worthy to participate. And then there are others that just can't do enough or be good enough and don't fit in. We hope that something said tonight or over the course of our weeks will touch your heart and, and let you realize that there is life after Mormonism and that there is a, a relationship that you can develop with Jesus Christ. And before we begin with our guest, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we love you, we appreciate you, we're thankful for this opportunity and pray that the things said tonight will touch hearts and that people will begin to understand this difference between the religion of Joseph Smith and the religion of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I welcome Jeff Campbell. Thank appreciate you. you coming up. You've come all the way from St. George. Yep. And I appreciate Beautiful you driving trip. up and visiting with us and sharing your story. You were, I appreciate it. You were a Latter-day Saint at the beginning of time. Yes, I was. <laughs> Tell back us in, a little bit back about in that. the dark ages. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a very uh, faithful LDS home. My parents were... Uh, temple attending Mormons, um, okay. and my, in fact, all of my family uh, still, uh, for the most part. All of them? Yeah. For the yeah, most, for the most part, temple Mormons, or, but um, very much embracing the church. And, and yeah, yeah, had a very, uh, uh, quite an uneventful upbringing, you know, yeah. just. Baptized uh, at eight, were baptized you? Baptized at eight, uh, had no idea why. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, I, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, why yeah, yeah I, I mean, I. I did it because that was what I was supposed to do when I was eight, yeah. and I had no idea that, uh, you know, what the <laughs> you were <laughs> the turning your life over to Yeah, it was yeah. It had nothing to do with that. It had yeah. to do with uh, getting me into water and, and yeah. getting me back out. And so, so yeah, uh, pretty normal upbringing. Um, twelve, twelve, you become a deacon, do you? And I was a deacon at twelve. I was a teacher at fourteen. I was a priest at sixteen, and, and you know, took seminary, and did you? And I did. I graduated from seminary in high school, and yeah. you know, um, but, and I embraced it. Or I, it wasn't just. I didn't just believe it. Yeah, I, I embraced it. You had it a was strong testimony. It was something. Well, I, I really didn't have a strong testimony, of the church. I prayed and prayed and prayed for the burning in the bosom, and I never got it. Mm. But I just figured, you know, there was something wrong with me. But embracing means you just, this was your life. Absolutely. This was your culture. Absolutely. I believe that uh, Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. I believe that every church leader since then was a prophet. And, Spoke for God. Absolutely. I, and like I say, I embraced it. It was something that, it wasn't something I just believed. It was something that I 
I tried to live. Yeah. Um, which we all know that you, you can't. You know, there's uh, we've all sinned and come short. But yeah, yeah I. Uh, but I started questioning things from quite a young age, and anything and I got, specific. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, when I was baptized at eight, I was kind mm. of questioning that of you know, what was the purpose Even of it. Even at that and, age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and uh, and it's thinking back now, it's kind of. Um, I don't want to say remarkable, but it. I think I've a, I've been kind of a deep thinker. I have a my youngest daughter is kind of the same way, so I re, I recognize it now. <laughs> In her, you know, yeah, you, you, that uh, you see past just the yeah. the surface of things. And but when I was eleven is when the first real questioning came, and that was in 1978 when. Uh, Spencer Kimball had the uh, prophecy oh. that uh, blacks could now Black. hold the priesthood, and I, and I remember thinking as an eleven-year-old kid, that this is great, I and mean, I have no problem with this at all. But it also got me to thinking, why couldn't they before? Yeah, and, okay. and you know, and I started asking the questions: why, why is it that, that this didn't happen before? And and I got the same answers, you know, um, that it wasn't the right time. And yeah. well, why wasn't it the right time? Uh, well, you just need to take that on <laughs> you faith. You kept well, asking. Well, that. I don't want to take it on faith. Yeah. I, why is it? Yeah. Did God change His mind? Did I mean, what was the was reason? Was it wrong the first time? Exactly. Or was and, it right now it's wrong. Or yeah, right? and okay. so, but again, you know, um, embracing the the church like I did, I just put it out of my mind, and then. You and know, I think we get to a, a well, we'll understand it when we need to. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's like let's not ask questions, and if we I'm, don't understand it, we'll just pick it up later. And don't focus on that. Yeah, I heard right. that a lot. Don't focus on that. Don't. And so, you know, and then through my teen years, there were many things that I questioned, especially the polygamy, the, the history of polygamy in the church. And did you learn much about that? In you know, I tried, um, yeah. but I got some of the answers that I got were so. <laughs> I hate to use the word lame, but it, they really were. And uh, well, they're like stretching to to yeah. to, to explain. It's in not fact, solid explaining. It's just kind of yeah. In fact, I had one guy actually say, "Tell me that." Well, it was just introduced um, during the pilgrimage out, where so many men were dying that these women had no one to take care of them, and so yeah. the men would take them in, marry them, but they wouldn't even consummate the marriage. Mm. It was just you know just to take care of the women. Yeah, and. And I, I just remember thinking, well, that's really not how I understand it. But again, still embracing. And it was later. It was when I was about seventeen um, that uh, I really uh, had some issues with sin. Mm. You know, I went to see my bishop about it, and the way my bishop handled it was, um, it, it just I, I couldn't even at seventeen, I couldn't believe the advice that he was giving me. Wow, and. And I, I actually said to him, after he gave me this advice, I, I said to him, are you serious? Really? I, I mean, I come to you with this problem, and that's the best answer you have? And, and that was really kind of the beginning of the end. Maybe the beginning of the lead. Yeah. he was really inspired yeah, by and, God. Yeah, and that's what and, I thought, is, is yeah. this is God's anointed? Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, I'm 17 years old, and I can come up with something better than that. <laughs> but... You know, and that was kind of the beginning of the end. And really? um, thank God that for my wife. Um, yeah, tell we, us uh, about that. You you didn't go on a mission. No, I planned on it yeah. up until I was probably seventeen or eighteen, right in that area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my wife was a a believer and grew up. You know, she was saved at a very young age and grew up in a Christian home. And wow. and 
why she would have anything to do with me is beyond me. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, she, uh, for some reason, just believed that I had it in me. And, uh, and you know, we were a little rebellious at the time, you know. Uh, Did you try to convert her to, oh, yeah. to become yeah, a woman? Oh, of yeah. course. I would yeah, think that would be your first reaction. Absolutely. I to try to get her on, the, on board. And, yeah. And, and yet she was... Strong but, in her faith. Yeah, and but you know, and she never, she didn't cut me down. She didn't cut the church down, anything. She just continued just in her faith and her belief. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we got married at a young age. We got married at 19, okay. uh, which uh, we just had our 25-year anniversary wow. here just a few weeks ago. Congratulations. And, and uh, yeah, thank you. It, <laughs> uh, but, you know, early into our marriage, um, she decided that she really needed to take her faith serious again, like she had when she was younger. And and so she was going to church, to her church every Sunday. And uh, I wasn't going to any church. And wow. I really got, I was mad at God. Um, not only had he uh, taken what I had believed and I had become disenchanted with it, which I was blaming God for, how stupid, <laughs> Um, but also that he, now he was taking my wife from me. And, because she uh, was... Because she was staying faithful to her faith. Okay. And Which puts God yeah, first so it was, and so it was Yeah, so it was God's fault. Okay, um, it was God's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. So I was blaming God, and I was mad at God. And, you know, and this went on for a few years, and wow. it was probably five years into our marriage. Um, I really started... I, I knew that I needed... Uh, a relationship. I I don't think I never had really a relationship with Christ, but it was a relationship with something. It was with a with something greater than me. You mean and in that the Mormon was, Church, you didn't ever have a relationship with Christ? No, I never had a relationship with Christ. I I look back now, and it was not a relationship with so Christ. What, it was what was the relationship? Then? It with, was a relationship with, Smith, with, with a church, system. It with was the with prophets. a system. Yeah. Uh, it was the the man-made parts exactly of the, of the it was it was the works part it was trying to be a good person oh. you know and and you know I still try to be a good person sure. but it's you know that's I had I recognize now that that's what my relationship was with it was with a religion it was not with wow. my savior and I was actually I was on a trip I was traveling and I started to pray and I I just prayed diligently you were alone on the trip yeah, yeah. and and I was actually asking God, do I need to divorce my wife and find a, a Mormon girl that will support me in my priesthood and my advancement and all this kind of thing. And Now you've been married about five been years? been married about five years at that point. So you're praying and about whether you should divorce. Whether I should divorce my wife. And, I mean, can you imagine asking and, God and asking something to, that stupid? Should I be know? marrying a Mormon girl? Yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, anyway... Um, Long story short, he made it very clear that I keep my family together. And and so I made the decision that I was just going to start attending church with her, just to keep the family Take together. Peace. We had one little girl at the time, mm -hmm. and, and probably at that time she was probably pregnant with our second daughter. And um, and so I just I went to church, and I sat in the back row uh, and just listened. Um, I... What was amazing to me is the open arms of the people in the congregation there. Um, I was treated like family from day one. And, wow. Um, where it, it, it was amazing how I was treated in my own ward after I had kind of fallen away. 
Um, it was none of that warm fuzzy. Yeah, for and, sure. And I and I don't say it wasn't everybody. Yeah. Um, but there, it was definitely you know there was a feeling of this guy's of this guy's an outcast and you hadn't gone on your mission yeah. and you were yeah fall, yeah if you're if you're 19 away. or 20 years old and not yeah. on a mission it's yeah. you know yeah, and you young. you just can't deny it. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, just going to church. Um, well, she the, must have been thrilled with this, that you were willing to go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. she was, uh, I think she was more in a hurry for me to actually surrender my life to Christ than what I was in a hurry to do it. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, but anyway. But you um, kept going. Uh, yeah, kept going to church. Uh, the pastor offered me a, a job, not a job paying job, but he asked me if I would run the soundboard of the church. Oh, I was like, oh, man, I'm just really enjoying sitting in the back row and not being involved and not having a, a calling kind yeah. of thing. And but you know, I accepted it and I ran the the soundboard there for uh, it was for a few years. And wow. And uh, you know, and and just a little by little, just kind of um, gaining a, a testimony and and at the same time learning. Biblical, learning from the Bible every week. Hearing more and more of the stories yeah. of Jesus. And but I would hear something that would contradict with things that I grew up with. The LDS. And, and I would reject. I would say, oh, they're just, they're off base. They don't understand that, you know, that kind of thing. Hasn't and been translated correctly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, I, but it, it did occur to me at that time that I really, I, I did understand grace. And, you know, this is something that um, I grew up in a very unique LDS home where my dad actually, he taught me that you are saved by grace. And that uh, wow. that it wasn't um, the works is, you know, things that you do, good things that you do from your heart um, that, that you'll be rewarded. Typical, it's not. It? It's not typical at all. And Because we're saved by grace exactly. after all we can do yeah. in, and, the, in the Book and, of Mormon. And it may be that in his mind... He believed that, that it was, okay, you do everything you can, and then Jesus will pick up the slack for you. So as you heard that message in the Christian church, that resonated yeah, then with did. what Dad had said. It huh? did, and, and you know, and I heard about the, the transaction of being saved, of that moment of when you are in Christ, and then and you have the Holy Spirit, and you don't lose Him after that. Yeah. And so, so anyway, so I made the decision that I, I asked Christ to be my Savior, but that was about it. I wanted him to be my savior. I didn't want him to leave my life. I had things in my life that I didn't want to give up. Wow. And, uh, and mainly it was sin. It was, there were sin in my life that I didn't want to give up. And I knew that to, to um, pursue a relationship with Christ that there would be things like that that I would have to give up. Wow. So Now, did you, you mentioned on this trip that you had prayed so much about whether to marry a Mormon girl now and mm -hmm. divorce and all. Was that a born-again moment for you, or did that come later? You know, I don't know. I had an experience, and, and to be honest with you, at this point, I really don't know how to explain it. Oh, okay. I but, don't know if it, was, oh. if, it was a, uh, if it was God speaking to me or if it was Satan trying to trick me, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I just oh. don't know. Um, but... Uh, but I made the decision, regardless, I made the decision that I'm going to Stay keep my family together. Family. And that's something that Tammy and I, before we got married, you know, when we decided to get married, we, we said, this is a one-time thing. We, there is no way out of this. And we have never, in 25 years, we have never said the word divorce in our marriage. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's how we've made it. That's how she's put up with me. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, over this period of time, God was working on my heart. Yeah. And, 
and I and again it was I don't know how to explain it, but he was telling me that I was going to lead the praise music. I was going to lead the worship music at our church, and it wasn't an audible voice. It was it was just kind of a this a voice inside me, but it was real enough that I would answer back with my mouth and say, "God, you got the wrong guy." Are you sure? I would <laughs> never sing in front of somebody ever. I mean, it was. Uh, oh my goodness! And so, but he just and then he'd leave me alone. Few months later, it w this this would come back, and and it was you know, and I was really starting to grow in my relationship with Christ, and I wasn't I wasn't really into the Word a lot yet. I wasn't really into reading the Bible, and but just learning from sermons and from different things like yeah. this. And I uh, got into the habit of going to Promise Keepers events, and I went to I think about six of them, but it was one in particular in Phoenix. Oh, what's Phoenix. a Promise Keeper? I'm sorry. Oh, um, sure Promise that. Keepers is it's a men's organization that they do nationwide. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, it's a kind of a workshop, a two-day event where they have workshops Conferences and, yeah, and, workshop yeah, and, and seminars and things like that. Around and, the country, I yeah, guess. And, and where you learn how to be a better father, better husband, you know, oh, okay. and biblical. It's all okay. from the Bible. And, and I was at one particular in Phoenix, and uh, we were all standing and we were singing, and we were singing the song. It was the first time I had ever heard the song, but it was the song, Here I Am to Worship. Here I am to worship. And, and they probably have the words up on do. the screen. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, yeah. I enjoy that part. Yeah. Words on the screen, and I'm standing there as usual, mouthing words, not really internalizing what I'm singing, yeah. but just kind of saying what it says on the screen to the to the tune. Yeah. And uh, it came to the bridge part of that song, and, and the bridge part says, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. Wow. And I... I couldn't breathe. I I couldn't I I couldn't sing. I couldn't talk. I sat down. Everyone was standing. Those words just hit you. Yeah, it because and this is the an ex, I had an experience that I will try to explain to you. Yeah. Um, I saw the face of Christ, and I don't know. It wasn't in my eyes, but it was there. Um, I saw the face of Christ, and Christ was on the cross. He was looking me in the eye. And he said, Jeff, I did this for you. And I, again, I, I couldn't breathe. You must. I, it was. You weren't expecting that, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and I sat down, and, or I was sitting already, and I, I couldn't breathe. I was just, I mean, I thought I was dying. And, and I just said, okay, God, it's yours. I did this for you. Yeah. And I said, okay, it's yours. My life is yours. It, whatever you have for me, my life is yours. I'm going to give up the things that I didn't want to give up, <laughs> uh, and my life is yours. And and the most amazing thing happened when I got home from that trip. Uh, to preface a little bit, my uh, the pastor at our church had become a very good friend of mine. We had we played basketball together three times a week. We golfed together once or wow. twice a week. I mean, this guy was a we were buddies. Yeah. And <laughs> when I got back, I. I went in to see him, and I didn't even know what to say. You shared this with him. But I, I said, I said, uh, Doug, I don't even know how to tell you this, um, but I feel like God's telling me that I'm going to be leading worship at this church. <laughs> and uh, Just like that? <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't know how else to say it, so I'm just going to tell you this. And, you know, I'm expecting him to say, well, that's, well, that's interesting, nice. Jeff. In you know, God, years, God well. didn't tell me that, but, you know. Uh, but... Um, but his reaction was amazing. He said, you're kidding. 
um, we're moving. Nobody knew that they were moving. He said, uh, we're moving and we have been just praying and wondering who is going to take over the music worship because his wife was the one that led oh the music. Goodness. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so he says, you know, this isn't, I mean, it was just amazing. It was yeah. one of those ah moments that, and so, uh, so long story short, I started music. leading worship music and we started out with minus tracks. Uh, I mean, we had no, uh, we didn't have a band, I mean, anything. And, and it was just amazing how God blessed that. And, and it grew to where we had uh, uh, instrument music, players yeah. and I was leading just by singing and, and our, our uh, worship team lead, or our, I'm sorry, our piano player uh, moved and no oh. one was stepping up. And yeah. so uh, I figured, I guess if it's going to happen, it's going to happen with me. So I had my niece teach me what a chord was. And so I started pounding chords on a piano and taught myself to... Really? And so, you know... You I'm, became the accompanist. Yeah, and so... <laughs> anyway, long story it? short, uh, now I, I actually have the, the privilege of... Uh, leading our worship in our evening service down in St. George. And, wow. and it's just such a blessing to me. Yeah. Well, these wonderful experiences you've had, um, tell us how your, your testimonies changed about, say, Jesus and the Bible, those two things. Yeah. Um, well, it, this is hard for me to explain. Is Even after I accepted Christ and surrendered my life to Christ, I still had this this longing for the LDS Church. I had this, it was a... Uh, Feeling like it, yeah, hoped, it, hoped like, it was true? Exactly. Or? It was like I still embraced it. I just, I just don't want to let go of yeah. it. Yeah. And so I started, I actually started studying. Um, and this is when I really started reading the Bible and I really started getting into the Word. And, Oops. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, you know, I started seeing the inconsistencies and I was talking to, I, I have some dear Mormon friends that I just love uh, still to this day and I started talking to them about, you know, how do you explain this? And it was the same answers again. It was Stuff over and over all the same life, answers. Yeah. And, and, but one uh, friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, he, he said something and it was two things that he said that really changed what, the way I looked at it. And the first thing was he quoted, I think it was Gordon Hinckley that said, you know, it really comes down to a simple decision of if you believe the Joseph Smith story, then you should be a Mormon. If you don't yeah, believe the Joseph Smith story, falls, exactly, yeah. then you shouldn't be a Mormon. And, and then he all, something else that he said is he said, you need to understand, Jeff, that the Bible is fallible. And I had never heard that before. In all my Sunday school classes, every, I had never heard that the Bible was fallible. Because, you know, we believe the Bible to be the Word of God, as far as it is translated correctly. Right, but right. at the same time, the translation is the King James Version. Right. Okay, so that's the first time I had ever heard that. So as the more I studied the Word now, of God... Are you saying infallible or fallible? No, he said it was fallible. It was fallible. It okay. was fallible. Okay. And... So I really started to study the Word of God and especially the differences, the things that were contrast to what I had learned, you know, out of the Book of Mormon, the DNC, things like that. And and what I came to for me is, okay, first of all, I need to decide if the Bible is fallible. If it is infallible, if I can prove that it's fallible, yeah. then I can then I can bring some of this other stuff in. Yeah. But, but if, if I can trust it. if it's trustworthy. Yeah. 
then I need to come to a decision of whether I believe that this is the infallible Word of God. If I believe that it is, then I can't believe the other stuff that I've been taught. And it, it came, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, and that it came to us exactly the way God wanted exactly. it to come to us. Exactly. So you and went so, through that process. So I basically set out, I you know, uh, did studying on trying to prove, and I would go to the, the websites pr the, that you could, you know, why is the Bible not true, these yeah. kind of things. And yeah. I'm trying, and I couldn't. Everything I saw, everything I researched, came back that the Bible is, is true. You can trust it. It's a historical correct document. The prophecies in the Old Testament leading to Christ, mm -hmm. I mean, everything. I came to the conclusion that it was the infallible Word of God, and that's really when I had to say, okay, everything that I've learned up to this point in my life that I learned in the first 17, 18 yeah. years of my life <laughs> is based on something that is not true. Well, you and know, when, when I ran into the book of Abraham and found out that the papyri didn't support the book of Abraham, because a lot of what's in the book of Abraham was what um, was against what was in the Bible. Yeah. And then when, when the Dead Sea Scrolls came forward, I was really excited because I thought, well, now we're going to find out those plain and precious things now we're that were taken it. out of the Bible. And yet it proves the Old Testament is like, what, 98%, 99% yeah. accurate the way it's always well, been. Well, and the things that are the differences yeah. are punctuation or yeah. something small. Not doctrinal. Well, and this this really, you know, um, I had been given the, the video, the DNA versus the Book of Mormon. Oh, boy. And when it was given to me, I was like, I'm not going to watch that. That's just anti-Mormon stuff. Yeah. And, and I actually took the time to watch it. And I'll tell you, that was the most compelling evidence I've seen and and yeah. when I, it was it it resonated with me so much because I'm watching <clears throat> excuse me I'm watching these guys that set out to prove the Book of Mormon to be true and end up proving it to be false and I see the pain in their face yeah. And I'm sitting there. I feel the physical pain that they're feeling. I felt that same pain you'd embrace because I had come Mormon. to the realization that it's not true. And that's the same realization that they had come that to. It hurts, doesn't it? Oh, and, and it was painful, but it was at that point. I mean, it was eight, ten years after I left the church before I would say with my mouth, it's not true. And, you know, wow. and just the last few... So at that point, I'm early 30s, I just started pursuing my relationship with Christ. I left the church. I left it alone. Um, but that's where the joy is now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you have this oh, freedom. The freedom in the Christ. trust in Christ. Yeah, and... and you know, and I'm I'm so imperfect, Earl. I, but <laughs> we all are. But you know, I'm living a, a more Christ-like life than I've ever lived in my life. Yeah. But that being said, I am still so far yeah. from where I could be or should be. But the Latter-day Saints would say you've lost the Holy Ghost, that yeah. Satan's deceived you, and yet you feel closer to Christ. It's the same way I feel, closer to Christ than ever before. Well, and Earl, what's sad is they don't realize it. They don't realize that they're sinners. I mean, when you ask most of my friends, they don't feel like they're sinners. Yeah. They feel like they're they're living a, a life worthy. They're going to the temple. They're doing these they things. They don't have a broken heart they don't at get, all. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand that you can't live a perfect life, yeah. that it's impossible. And that there was and, one that did. And anything you do is, is taking away from this free gift that exactly. Jesus gave us. And he tells us about it in the Bible so clearly. So yeah. clearly, and Paul does too, as far as the grace. Now, yeah. you're raising your family in a Christian walk, and that's been joyful, oh. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. I... I 
I'll tell you, I can't, I can't tell you what, a, how my life is blessed. I, you know, with three daughters that love Christ and oh. and a wife that loves me and supports Praise me and God. and uh, but yeah, it just, it really, it, you know, real quick, a couple of years ago, it really came. I started having family members that, uh, you know. I won't say who, but they started asking me questions of why I left. Wow. Um, but it was uh, removed family members. Okay. And it really motivated me to really research it. Even and that's more. Oh, yeah. And that's, <clears throat> that's when I started researching the histories, the, the writings of Joseph Smith. And, and it really, now I've come to this, this conclusion of, you know, if this is the most perfectly translated book in history, why have there been 3,900 changes to it? Mm. If, why is there no archaeology? So yeah, if it's, if it's the most perfectly translated book, why did Joseph Smith try to sell the, uh, the copyright to it? If, yeah, I read if, about that. If God told Joseph Smith to, uh, that all of the churches of the day were an abomination, why did he apply for membership to the Methodist Church eight years after his vision? The you inconsistencies. Know, these are things that I've started researching this, and I'll tell you, you don't have to go to anti-Mormon no, sites. Either. All you have to do is read the original writings. Everything and, I went to to support the church began crumbling. It yeah. just fell apart, and the polygamy was definitely one of those. Well, Jeff, you're not going to believe it. Our time is uh, gone. You've told sorry, a wonderful story. So no, <laughs> you've, you've told a wonderful story, and I, I know it's touched hearts out there. We, uh, we just appreciate you coming up and sharing with Thank us. Thank you, okay? Earl. It's and my pleasure. Anyway, we uh, appreciate you watching tonight, and uh, if you'd like to share your story, go to the exmormonfiles.tv and give us a message. We appreciate you watching. See you next week. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.